This is the Pick It Up Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Pick It Up Podcast. It is Matt, and I am here with Coach Dane, our last coach for now. Hello, everybody. That we're going to interview. Just kidding. We have no intention of hiring any other coaches or anything like that. So, you ready for this? You yes, sure? I am. Yeah, I wasn't there for Jesse, but I'll be honest, you're definitely less nervous than Wes. <laughs> Wes was a little more nervous than I anticipated, and I might have made fun of him for it. All right, so we're going to start with some questions. So the whole point, we're going to get to know you, but as you know, we're going to start with some just right off the bat, bang, 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 you answer the question. Um, super easy ones. So what's your middle name? Michael. Michael. What is, where, what's your favorite place in the world? Yeah, I know. Sometimes I get a little deep. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite place in the world. And yeah, or America. I don't know. <sighs> Tougher than you thought. Yeah, I mean, I would have to probably say back home hunting. Would that's be... what I expect you to say. So that's, I mean. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, how do you eat a bagel? I don't eat bagels. You don't eat bagels? Never in your life. Toasted. Toasted? Blueberry. No cream cheese, no nothing. If I'm going to have it, it's going to either be toasted and regular, plain, nothing. But I don't eat bagels. So Why don't you eat bagels? I don't like them. Okay. I actually I'm a asked... breakfast sandwich guy. I mean, if you give me a bacon, egg, and cheese on wheat with some avocado, what I'm there. Hip, what a hipster with the avocado. What's the – if you can only listen to one song to work out to, and it's on repeat – I think I asked VTech this, maybe Wes, I don't know, a couple people. You have one song that no matter if you're lifting weights, if you're doing a conditioning piece, this is the song that's playing. Oh, man. We all know my love of music. Um, <laughs> nothing, huh? Oh, I would say, I mean, one that, that, I would always, that I will always turn up will be Stronger by Kanye West. Okay. I'm not a huge Kanye fan, but that's... To me, his best song he's put out. Um, and then, I mean, I'm okay. Rage with Against the Machine. There's, that's my go-to station. Um, Rage I'll, Against the Machine. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'll. I don't really like loud screaming, like Pantera heavy metal rock, but, you know, get a little angry. Yeah, I like getting a little, a little angry anti-establishment. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Those are the now. The, I apparently those are the tough ones. I think. Okay. Yeah. Because um, the other ones, you already know what's coming. So we're here to learn more about you, the person that leads many, many, many of our early morning classes and 9 a.m.s. Um, where did you grow up? Where are you from? Northwest Kansas. So a lot of you may know Hayes, Kansas. It's right there on I-70. Um, I grew up 23 miles to the north of there. 1,500 people, maybe, when I was, you know, small town. Seven churches. One Dairy Queen, one Pizza Hut, no stoplights, two liquor stores. Really? Yeah. That tiny of a place? That tiny of a place. 123 people in my high school. In your high school? In Not even high in your high school class. 44 in my graduating class. Man. And we were the largest class that graduated there in 10 years. That's insane. 44. 44. Since we know you, we know you were the valedictorian. No. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um... Born and raised there? Yes. So, and so what was childhood like? 
Um, well, we, I mean, it's a, a very small farming or oil community. So when I was growing up, oil wasn't very productive. So everybody farmed. Um, it's kind of weird because there's not race there. I mean, there wasn't, at least when I was younger, it was either rich or poor. Gotcha. Everybody was white and you were either Protestant or Catholic, but you were either wealthy or you were paycheck to paycheck. And that's pretty much what segregated the town. Hmm. So... Um, a little bit different scenario than what we're growing up with today. Um, it's still kind of when I go back home and visit, it sometimes seems like I'm taking a step back 15 years. Um, some things don't ever change in your hometown, but yeah, I mean, it's home. And you didn't grow up alone, right? You have at least one brother. Yes. Yes. I have one full brother that I've lived with my whole, pretty much my whole life. Um, I have a half brother. I have two older half sisters from my dad's previous marriage when he was in high school and made all his mistakes. Um, not that my sisters are mistakes, but, um, <laughs> they're not listening. Don't worry. Yeah. They didn't get offended. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I have a full brother and then I have a little half brother as well. Um, and so it was pretty much just me and my brother, Tyler, my whole childhood. He's 19 months older than me. Okay. So. See the mechanic? Yes. Yes. He's still there? Yes. Right? But he did leave at one point? No? He left for six months and moved to Lake Dillon. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> six months and he's been back ever since and he runs his own mechanic shop. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, so, you said Tyler? Tyler. If you were to ask Tyler this, we, or if I were to ask Tyler this, I might get a different answer, but any funny childhood stories between the two of you? Um, very competitive. Uh, he was older than me, but we were always, um, with sports, we were always either on the same team or, com- you know, competing in that same age category. I would say if anything, it would be just the typical mischief. Um, the neighborhood boys and us started our garage on fire when we were like fourth grade. I like how you kind of do- you can't see him, but Dan's just nodding. Like, I, I should have known that. Well, there was that time that we set the garage on fire. Well, it gets, we all it, do that. It gets better. And then a year and a half later, there was the time that we were burning trash, and then we caught the whole backyard. We had then moved out to the country, but we were burning trash, caught the whole backyard. And then the neighbor's adjacent field all went up in flames and had to have the community fire department, like the whole like county fire department, come out. And, and they got it out. Yeah, but it took five or six hours, and it burned hundreds of acres and it all started from burning trash yeah how old were you mm, 13 maybe yeah it's probably when you burn trash yeah so wait go back to the garage though garage like i was eight no nah, maybe 10 yeah yeah and how'd that happen firecrackers and <laughs> non non-supervision in a small western kansas town <laughs> did the garage burn down no fire department came and put it out um it was i mean it was pretty <clears throat> smoky it was pretty flamey how long did that fire last? Um, not long. I mean, because it didn't go down, so I no. mean, they got there pretty quickly. Thirty minutes, maybe, before it was actually like. Where were you? So were your parents like at work? Yes. And they came home to a burnt, yes. to a crisp garage. Yeah. How'd that go? Uh, yeah. <laughs> how would how would your family describe you? That's I don't know. Awesome. <laughs> Um, that's, that's a tough one. I've always been very, I don't want to say combative, but I, I was always, I always had to be right in my family. I don't know if, you know, where that came from, if it was just being the younger sibling, 
or you know always needing like feeling like I needed to prove myself but I don't know I don't know how they would describe me now how would you describe yourself awesome awesome again <laughs> um, now that I mean I am I am a, a true Gemini I am as fickle as can be I'm very indecisive I'm very I don't want to say bipolar, but I'm very multi-personality. Like some days I can be very fun and outgoing and love life and love everybody and want to be around people and want to talk, 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 talk. And other days I'd rather not be around anybody at all and don't have to talk, don't have to have that social interaction. And honestly, more times than not, I'm chill with just me and my dog or me and my kids as opposed to having to be in the spotlight with multiple friends all the time like i just like to hang out pretty much i like it so it's safe to say that most of our members have never met that day and that doesn't want to talk yes <laughs> and honestly this that's going to be the crazy thing if he starts getting into how, where I, how i got into fitness that's probably coming up but i was a big time introvert in high school like i was very in a shell i did not like i would have <clears> never <throat> in imagined years as a senior in high school, would have picked personal trainer as a profession, ever. Was there Every anything? personality test I ever took said I should be behind a desk, on a phone, in a cubicle, not yeah. talking to anybody, or, you know, like, very social, closed off. Like, sure. So even though this is obviously where you ended up and those other tests told you this one other thing, was there anything growing up that was, like, your dream job? Lawyer. Yeah? Other think. than professional athlete of every young boy. You sure. Know. What professional sport would you have played? Baseball. Baseball. Um, what kind of lawyer? Business. Anything in particular? Where did that come from? Liking to be right. <laughs> it comes full circle. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty much. I, like I said, I was argumentative as a kid, but it wasn't ever like... Well, I, I, want, I would like to say it was never disrespectful. My... Parents my parents and teachers might yeah might think <laughs> otherwise but i just always liked being able to not necessarily be right but being able to prove other people wrong and if i can prove them wrong then i don't have to be right because i've just proved them wrong so we all know that they're not right and so then i don't have to necessarily <laughs> win because i won because they lost so that's logical thinking i'm with you on that did was that ever something that you like went to college for in any no. respect or anything nope. that fizzled out before that those choices needed to be made yes absolutely um <laughs> yeah i never you know I'm, i was one of those kids that in high school i never really had a path like i didn't and i still joke with everybody in class you'll hear me say it all the time i don't know what i want to be when i grow up sure i don't want to grow up i yeah. guess that's the problem um but yeah i, I you know i never pursued a, you know any type of law um when I went to college, it was really just to make my mom happy, and I had no idea what I was going to do. Originally, I was going to be a social science teacher. Really? Yeah. What happened to that? I took personal wellness 101, which was college level of, you know, sex ed and health and, you know. Uh -huh. And then from that, on, that, that point on, I, you know, started working out at the, the fitness center at the gym. And then from there, it just kind of turned into working out at the gym to then helping at the gym to then, you know, my 
I was still undecided my first two years of college. So my, my um, academic advisor was in the health and human performance department. So he was like, have you ever looked at being a, you know, you, I talked about teaching. He said, have you looked at being a PE teacher? You know, because I talked about coaching as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that kind of drug me into the whole realm of PE. And I was in PE all the way up until my last semester of college. And then I made the choice of not wanting to become a teacher and wanting to do something other than become a teacher. <laughs> and so my other option at that point was health and human performance and did another semester of college and got my degree in that. So. And what year is this? 05. 05. Then did you begin your career in the fitness field as a personal trainer in Kansas? Yes. Um, well, actually, I was a membership sales representative first. Um, because I still, even though I had the degree, I still had to get the certification. Sure. And then, so I graduated in May, got certified in November. So I was a, like a sales rep up until that point. And then from there on, I've been a certified trainer since. So still 05, 06? 05. 05, yeah. Um, but but we're not in your hometown of 1,500 people at this point. Nope. Okay. Nope. Graduated college, went to Wichita, Kansas, so 500,000. Gotcha. Biggest city Kansas has to offer, if you don't count the Missouri side of Kansas City. Okay. And then how long were you there at that first gym? So you were a membership sales, sales rep there and a trainer there? Um, I started out as a sales rep until I got certified. And then I became a trainer. And then... Right, at the same gym. Yep, same yep. gym. And then I moved. That was in Wichita. I moved from there to... Actually, from, from Genesis Health Clubs to a YMCA. Um, in El Dorado, Kansas, to take over their head training position there. Pay was a little bit better. Sales weren't near as tough. Like sure. Genesis was a very professional, cutthroat, lifetime fitness type of, you know, type of gym. Hmm. Um, the YMCA, not so much. So being a first-time trainer and being very wet behind the ears, it was like, you know, a good fit for me. How long... When you started your career in Kansas, how much longer, because we're obviously not in Kansas, how long were you in Kansas as a fitness professional before you made the move to Colorado? Two years. Two years. And you made it as a fitness professional, like, I'm going to Colorado to do the same thing. Yes. Was there already a job offer that no. made you move here? No. Okay. What'd you do? Why, why Colorado? Um, I've always loved Colorado. We came out and um, when I was really young, my mom's sister lived in Denver, so we came out and visited quite a bit. The Broncos were my diehard team as a kid, even though I grew up in western Kansas. Believe it or not, Kansas City Chiefs is a Missouri team. It's not a Kansas team. So. Well, I think we learned that last year thanks to you know, but, President Trump. But anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, was, I mean, I was a Broncos fan. I always liked Colorado. I've always been drawn to the mountains for whatever reason, even though I grew up in the you know, dusty plains of western Kansas. Um, and then I had like one of my best friends in, you know, growing up in my childhood. She moved out here and... It just so happened that her sister's next-door neighbor owned the fitness night or ran the Fitness 19 that oh, okay. I first started at. And it was just one of those, like, hey, my sister has somebody who's looking for a trainer. Would you want to move? Sure. Nice. So, And this is when Fitness 19 was the DMV? Yeah, DMV up off of Union and Research. Okay. Um, if you don't know, many, I think many of you do know, Dan and I met each other like a decade ago now at Fitness 19 – as personal trainers, but it was at a different location. It was Stetson Hills and Powers. Um, And probably on a, I mean, 
without a doubt on a weekly basis, but even potentially on a daily basis, somebody would call him Matt or call me Dan. Like just thought we were brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just shaved heads, short beards. Like, oh, Dan. Oh, you're the other one. Yeah. Like I would get it all the time, especially you were there. How long were you there before I got there? When did you get there? I got there in like 2011. So like three years. Two. Two yeah. yeah. So moved from Kansas to work at Fitness 19. And then how long were you at Fitness 19 when it was all said and done between the two locations? Seven years. Seven years. Then you moved back home, right? Yeah. Was that what stopped it? Uh, no. Um, essentially, I – no. <laughs> That's right. Sorry. <laughs> you still trained other people here in Colorado Springs. You were – Yeah, yeah. I mean I at that point is when I decided that I was no longer working for – a corporate fitness a company where no not not that my skills weren't valued but I mean, essentially I was nothing more than a salesperson to bring in revenue like they didn't care about the the results they didn't care about essentially memberships they you know they didn't care about the people they cared about the dollar you know and that actually had a played a huge role in my career from that point on because ever since then I've only been back to one actual like what I would consider a corporate facility and I hated it. You know, there's just there's something to be said for um, the community and I guess the loyalty of you know the small mom and pop places. So, did I ever tell you why I chose Fitness Nineteen? So it kind of goes against your argument, but I know exactly what you know why you say those things. When I was leaving Twenty Four Hour Fitness, I had, it was Lifetime or Fitness Nineteen, and I went to meet Jimmy, who was our boss at Fitness Nineteen. We talked, you know, 10, 15 minutes. He showed me around. It was the middle of the day on like a Wednesday, probably like, you know, 1 p.m. There was maybe 10 people in the gym. And I'll never forget him saying hi to every single person by their first name. And I left and my, you know, our coworker, but the person that sent me there, Sarah, she asked me, what'd you think? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to work there. Really? Like that easy? And I was like, he knew everybody's name. Like I came, you know, 24 hour fitness. You, you're like, no, you're a number in a book. So yeah. at, so from coming from that world, Fitness 19 was still a big step up in terms of that. But yeah, at the end of the day, they were still a corporate place and it was, yeah, here are your numbers that you need to hit. Well, in my experience with Fitness 19, just to give you guys a little bit more background um, of their kind of their company, not to bash anybody's company, but in my six and a half, almost seven full years there, I had five owner operators. Sure. So that would be five Matt and Hannah's in six years. It's a lot. Uh, and every new person had a new way of doing it. Uh, yeah, a, n- a new plan. I knew our prices changed, our rates per hour changed, every, our, you know, our quotas changed, pretty much everything changed. Sometimes it was for the better, sometimes it wasn't. Um, but it was just kind of one of those things that when it started to be not fair across the board as far as the way trainers were being treated for whatever reason and, you know, and it wasn't income even it was just overall personal issues it was kind of like hey yeah need to move on we gotta go so then you left fitness 19 you were here for how much longer like another year and then yeah i was here for a year just doing independent um met up with jimmy and dre again rented space from them did independent personal training and small group stuff and went rogue essentially (laughs) you know because then you did there was a move back to kansas yep and then yeah then Michelle and I got married, um, 
2012, ended up getting, what, getting pregnant that same year. And then, like, yeah, I don't know. I just I had this I had this urge. Like, I'd been here seven years. We're married, going to have a kid. You know, we already have, you know, two. I have two older stepdaughters that live with us. And so it was just, yeah, I don't know. Midlife, early midlife crisis where I decided sure. to, you know, if it's not going well, let's move. So and then how long was that? That was 2013 to 2000, the very start of 2017. So okay. Essentially May of 2013 to the end of 2016. Did you move back to your hometown? Yeah. Really? Okay, yeah. Yeah. So I moved back, um, had no plan at all, didn't even have a job. Had a, I mean, had a ranch house that we could live in that we didn't have to pay rent on and moved the family back. The one thing I did know is that when my older girls, they were fourth, no, what, sixth and fourth grade, I think at the time, I believe. Um, anyway, I wanted them to experience small town life. Like I had the life of being able to get on a bicycle and ride wherever I wanted to go. And the kids can still do that in my hometown. Like sure. they can still get on a bike and ride all the way across town to the Dairy Queen if they want. They can ride all the way to the baseball field, the swimming pool. Like a bike was, you know, a main source of transportation. And you know, growing up, like particularly for me, growing up or going back to my hometown, I know who the crazies are. You know, like I can steer clear or have my kids steer clear of, you know, certain threats. And whereas here in the city, I mean, it's crazy when you're raising kids, like. Sure, yeah, you're not exactly going to send your kid on a bike to a Dairy Queen anywhere, yeah. Yeah, or even, like, to the park to go play, you know, and that's yeah. one of those, like, it's not not Kansas anymore, Toto. <laughs> yeah. So you have four kids, correct? Four daughters. Four daughters. Ages? 18, 15, 7, and 4. 18 and 4 are the main takeaways from that, not to, yeah. 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 One's in college. Freshman in college and preschooler. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think you were a preschool teacher a month ago. Yeah. First grade, yeah. First grade. <laughs> Add that on the resume. That is awesome. So then what brought you back to Colorado Springs? Was it Michelle's family? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was that. I mean, it was – I was a recreation director. Um, I took a significant pay cut in my job, and then it got to the point to where um, in my hometown we opened up – the rec commission were, was donated a building. It was an old grocery store. We renovated it, turned it into a, a pretty badass gym. Like my hometown didn't have a gym. Sure. So we had a, a pretty badass gym that I helped build, put everything together. So essentially be, was rec director and general manager, fitness manager, all of that that goes into running sure. a gym. Um, and then my pay got cut 25%. And so then it was like I'm doing – two salary jobs for half of the, you know, a quarter of the salary less than what you were just paying me. And that lasted about five months until it just got to the point of we couldn't do it anymore, you know. And the stress of all of that, you know, being back, being a director in your hometown and having all of that, like, like I said, when it's 1,500 people, everybody... I'm sure everybody, everybody knows either knows or has already made up what you're thinking and doing and, and all of that before it has ever even happened. So it was one of those. We needed the change. So we moved. Seems like it's working out. Yeah. <laughs> so when you moved back, you stayed in the fitness field. Yep. What'd you do when you moved back? <laughs> Bounced around. 
bounced around. Well, uh, I mean, I was getting out of school, I think, eventually. Yeah, so, I, I mean, yeah, I was started out as just an independent contractor, went back to the YMCA, graduated from there to Villa Sport, if you graduate, I guess. <laughs> went from Villa Sport to... Oh, at that point is when I became an instructor at Intellitech teaching um, the NASM, National Association of Sports Medicine Curriculum, to future fitness professionals. And that lasted like a little over two years until their program got canned. And then my contract was up and I was always training, you know, part-time on the side then. But yeah, I went from there to being a fitness manager at Gold's Gym and realized at that point that there's no better place to be than the private fitness world because people actually care in the private world. Like in the corporate world of Gold's Gym, there, I mean, there was no, I mean, it was, yeah. The, relationships the reason are why so they're closed right now, yeah. honestly. And just the relationships are so different, both from uh, management to staff member, but also management to talking to the members. Or, Absolutely. You know, like, it's, it's a whole different well, world. Well, like Matt said, with when his, his experience of, of meeting Jimmy, you know, it's like the bar cheers. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to go where you know, where you, they know your name. Like, that's what I love about Pick It Up Here. After the first couple weeks, everybody knows who you are. Yeah. Whether it's the coaches, whether it's the members. Eventually, particularly if you show up on a Saturday when you're going to see some people that you may have never seen, you mm. you like, wow, you new here? No, I've been here a year and a half. Those are always the funniest conversations to oh, me. Really? Yeah. How come I've never met <laughs> yeah. you? Well, I'm usually 5 a.m. Oh, yeah, well, I'm usually 4.30 p.m. Yep. You know. There was one. I, I remember Cindy was one of them, Cindy Jensen, and it was a Saturday and I wish I remember who she introduced herself to, but I just kind of, I was like, is this for real? Are you messing with me? Like, you've each been here for like four or five years, but just different times of day. Um, yeah, so, so crazy. Wait, but you really think it takes a couple weeks for everybody to know everybody's name? Because we got to work on cutting that down then. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm not saying for coaches. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I mean. No, I'm just kidding. People are here to work out. It's just a benefit that they get to make friends. Yeah, and you'll always hear me joke about it. there's no there's no talking to your neighbors here at Pick It Up. We don't we don't want to meet <laughs> meet anybody new. We don't want to make friends because that's not what we're about here. That so, is a joke, people. <laughs> that is what we are about here. I could if I get better at editing these, I could go back and add laugh tracks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, do you believe you're doing what you're supposed to be doing? Yes. No doubt in your mind. Yes. Oh, I like and the it. reason why is because. Every single time I've ever had the, the conscious of wanting to do so, or not even wanting, but the inkling or the fear or the threat or the, the need to want to do something else, I've always been pulled back to fitness every single time. And to me, the reason why is I honestly feel this was what the good Lord put me on this earth to do, like to help people help themselves. Like I'm not a miracle worker by any means. But if I can get through to even one person today to make them move better, feel better, even smile when I tell them it doesn't count. If you don't smile, that might have been the best thing of their day. Hopefully not, but maybe it was. And that to me, like, that's what's worth it. Like, that's what keeps me here is that, believe it or not, the engagement, the social engagement, even being more, you know, or somewhat introverted. So, Do you think it's so... You're saying you were, you know, you grew up an introvert. I did too. Um, 
was there a big challenge from introvert to personal training to personal trainer excuse me because that's that's not too extroverted no I mean, once you're beyond that first session or two no and and that's what it was i mean honestly it was the the biggest thing particularly and then and i don't know if we'll get to the i don't know how deep we're gonna get in, into the whole psyche of fitness but if there's the what could you tell yourself 15 years ago question it's i mean you got to have thick skin you got to be able to roll with the punches to survive in this field because it's i mean look on instagram like if you don't have 15 abs and 17 million followers then you're not a qualified fitness professional oh boy no you know and i have neither of those things yeah (laughs) but you know yeah it's just one of those things and so it's yeah it's i don't know I feel like I am 100% doing what I am called to do. Now, granted, I'm still a human being, and there are always those days where I don't want to get up and do what I'm doing. But that's just because it's, you know, that's life. It's probably because my four-year-old kept me up all night, I guess. So you coach 5 a.m. four days a week. What time do you set your alarm? 3.45. 345 to coach the 5 a.m. How long does it take you to do your hair? About 45 minutes. <laughs> and you live right around the block. Usually I'm here most days, more times than not, I will be here by no later than 440 in the morning. If I'm not here by 440 in the morning, I feel rushed. I don't I don't have enough time to get the notes written on the board. I don't have enough time to get all the equipment out. Sure. For whatever reason, now I feel like it's my responsibility to get everybody's everything out for them. Hint, hint, 5 a.m. <laughs> but no, and that's, I mean, that's just, to me, it helps me be more prepared as a coach to have the equipment at least somewhat organized, ready to go, because there's a lot of wasted time if I just say, okay, everybody get your stuff. People get that. They vanish. But now that we took the wall down, you wouldn't, you can't see them vanish to get the wall balls on the smaller side. Exactly. They used to be there. Yeah. Patrick used to just stand over here. <laughs> And start I, handing out. He stuff. would hand things out. It was very helpful for like Beth, maybe if the shelf was a little too high. But yeah, Patrick would just hide over here. I feel like <laughs> so. Then we took the wall down. It's Patrick's fault. We hope you're enjoying it. Yeah. So three forty-five. You're a lot better than I am. That five a.m. Okay, I'm an early morning person. So yeah. if I can get my thirty minutes of my alone time in the morning is worth two hours of afternoon time. And here's where. I don't think a lot of people will know this next thing that I'm going to say because I feel like I only learned it a year ago. Like, I'm with you. I like my alone time, the, you know, the downtime. I tend to get mine a little more at the end of the day when I'm done training and cleaning up before I head home. But I love the idea of waking up early. I would definitely enjoy a very, very black, warm cup of coffee. You don't drink coffee. Rockstar. Do you drink a Rockstar at 345? You know, 350, 355? I usually will crack it when I get here. Okay. And I try to milk it at least into somewhat into 6 a.m. Sure. Some days it's gone within 10 minutes of 5 a.m. And then I'm <laughs> sweating and buzzing around by 6. But. Gotcha. Yeah, that's – I don't remember when I learned that. I think maybe just a staff meeting. Hey, we're going to grab Starbucks. What would you like? And you're like, nothing. So any, any big lessons you've learned in life and, you know, you can go in life or even in your time in the fitness field so far, which is – a decent amount of time. Yeah. I always, and I tell everybody, I joke to everybody, I'm, my fitness career is older than the iPhone. So before you could just get on an iPhone and Google Turkish Get Up, you actually had to have that information from somebody. Like, yeah. um, 
People weren't signing up for classes back then. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> not. Like, there was no social media, you know? My biggest thing is, particularly with fitness, is, I mean, and, and everything, consistency is the magic pill. If you could bottle it up, that's the magic pill. It's gonna be consistency in anything in life, whether it's nutrition, whether it's fitness, whether it's parenting, whether it's teaching your dog new tricks, teaching your kids new tricks, teaching yourself new tricks. Consistency is gonna be the key. And old school tricks still work. You know, your fundamental movements are still great movements. They're a reason they're still around. You know, your basic squats, your basic presses, they're still just as good as all of the, you know, new fangled versions of everything. They're probably so, better. Yeah. Because and they're still around. A lot of times, even as coaches and trainers, we always want to find the next spicy, sexy, hottest thing to keep our, you know, to be fresh and keep our clients fresh. But most of us who have stayed the course rely on the fundamentals of programming and the fundamentals of the basic lifts to, you know, progress our clients and ourselves, you know, thoroughly. So. Yeah, I fully agree with you on that. And anybody that's ever seen me do a personal training session with, you know, or has experienced that with me, they know that we're going to, we did this last week. Yeah, like it takes time. You know, you need to do it again. Um, so let's get to it. Our exercise questions, unless you feel there's something that you wanted to impart on us before we get to that. Yeah. Okay. Because you and I can definitely go on different tangents. I want to make sure that you felt heard. No, I'm, no, I'm good. <laughs> All right. What is your favorite exercise? Favorite exercise. Most people would know me to say the Turkish get up. I would, I, I would say the Turkish get up probably. If not, I would say a goblet squat. Yeah? Yeah. I... And the reason why it's, that it's a goblet squat, it's nothing sexy, but it will get the job done. It will, if you're doing it right, you can brace your core, you can load it up about as heavy as you can handle with good squat technique and still get great strength gains, get great whatever, depending on how you want to use you know, that movement. So, and it's something that almost every single person in this gym can do. Turkish get up, I mean, we all can do them, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah no, this, the question was favorite exercise. Yeah, I mean, my favorite, my favorite is yeah. going to be, yeah, I would, I would have to say Turkish get up just because it, it covers a wide variety all in one move. What's the heaviest goblet squat you've ever done? Did you ever do that test or whatever? No. You told me about some test one time. So you're supposed to be able to goblet squat 50% of your body weight 25 consecutive reps. So unbroken 25 times. As fat, like you can go fast, you can go rapid fire? Yep. Okay. 50% of your but they gotta, body weight. But they got to be, you know, full range of motion. So, and this came from Dr. John Rusin, and like full range of motion is going to be, you know, parallel to the ground, not necessarily gotcha. hip, hip sure. crease below knee crease, but full range of motion all the way down, all the way up, 25 unbroken at 50% of your body weight. And you just pointed towards the kettlebell. What, which one were you pointing at? Well, the heaviest I've ever done for goblet squats, the 100 pounder over there. 100 pounds? Wait, and how many did you do? I didn't do 25. You didn't answer the question either. No. I don't know. For sure <laughs> how many I did, but it wasn't 25. Should we do that when we're done with this? Maybe. I don't know. It's going to be one of those Saturday, like, free-for-all days. <laughs> yeah. Goblet squat challenge. That's, I, I mean, you told me that within the last year, and I remember kind of, like, 
my eyebrows going up like that's intense. Well, here's the deal, though. I mean, if like we follow Active Life quite a bit, and if you know what mm-hmm. our members who who know sure. us or have been around kind of know of Active Life for some of our new members, maybe they don't. Even our old members, maybe they don't. They should. Um, but when you start breaking down like what the human body or what we should be doing as far as percentages go, that was an eye opener to me. Like mm. you should be able to back squat the same amount of reps at 80% of your deadlift. You should be able to then front step up 42 and a half percent of that same load, you know, and those things like those numbers were, you know, just to me like crazy. Like, Oh my goodness. Like I'm supposed to be able to do this. Well, yeah. And, and it was, was it the step up one that like really like putting yourself through it? Like, Holy cow, that's difficult. That, or even like the weighted carries where you're, you got to carry like, you know, 100 or 200% of your body weight or 100% of your body weight to 100 feet, mm-hmm. you know, consecutively. I mean, weighted carries are – that was going to be another one that I was going to throw up there. Not necessarily a favorite exercise, but if we had like maybe the most underrated. I was going to say, yeah, underrated or underutilized. Yeah, would yeah. be definitely heavy carries of any kind. Yep. Like what more fundamental movement do we have in life? than picking up something heavy, awkward, and carrying with, you know? And, and when you phrase it that way, the personal trainer and myself, I'm like, yeah, of course. Why haven't I been doing this more for more people for more years? Like, because I get stuck in my ways too. Um, yeah. And then, like, members, when you're listening to this and you think next time we have carries and you, you'll hear me say all the time, when you guys ask, what are we doing this for? Why are we doing this? Or if, it's, if the weight's uneven... I always give you the analogy. We'll do the you know three bags of potato chips in the one hand equal the same weight and awkwardness as the twenty five pounds of dog food in the other. <laughs> sure. No, but you still got to get both loads to the car. So when you're doing a weighted carry, it's not necessarily nonsense to do thirty five pounds on one side and twenty on the other. But maybe make sure the thirty fives in the weaker set. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a least favorite exercise? Thrusters. Really? Yes. So thrusters came up. I think somebody made it. I don't remember what the joke was. Maybe it was you. and I don't know. We did that episode of like hour five exercises. And I cannot believe that I left out thrusters. Like I was, yeah, really? You hate thrusters? Yeah. Yeah. You don't even want to talk about it. No, I mean, <laughs> I used to, it used to be wall balls. But now, like for whatever reason, wall balls used to always hurt my thumb. Like this one, my right thumb, like just the, the pushing motion. Mm-hmm. Now I don't have that issue. Maybe I just changed up, learned how to do them properly. I don't know. Um, now wall balls aren't near as bad. I mean, they don't get me wrong. They still suck, just like burpees and box jumps. But they're not, they're not something like, oh, no, it's wall balls. I'm not doing it. Thrusters I don't like because multiple reasons. A, I'm not strong at pressing overhead. Um, I have janky shoulders that I continually try to work on. So anytime I'm really trying to punch weight overhead, it's, it, it's tough. B, it's a hard move, you know, everybody knows that. Like, you got to be in t- strict front rack position. You got to come up and explode and all of that coordination. And they take all the energy out of you. They're soul suckers. So I don't I – could, I could go by, get by without ever doing a thruster again. That's what most people say. And then give it a month, you'll miss the thruster. No. <laughs> is there, so you were so quick to answer that. I'm wondering what number two is on the list. Or is, there, or is that so far ahead – of every other exercise, you're like, nope, I never want to do that. Like, is there a close list? Um, I mean, kipping movements, and that's just because I'm not good at them, and I'm not good at them because one, I don't practice them, so that's 
key takeaway for all of you guys to get better at skills you need to practice <laughs> gymnastics on the bar is a practice thing double unders is a practice thing um yeah i just you know I, i'm not like i you know I, I didn't learn proper technique on how to kip i'm still working on that but it seems like every time that i put in the time and effort to practice it wrecks my shoulders and then i'm grouchy i was gonna say more yeah i think grouching and, 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 yeah, and complaining yeah. and then i've finally realized that you know not that i have to stay away from them all the time but could i still get the benefit of what i'm trying to get from that movement doing something else that's not going to wreck my shoulders for the next 10 to 14 days where i'm not going to hate life and actually want to still move and exercise and the answer is yes yes <laughs> and the answer is always yes there's always another viable option for yeah absolutely so and well you and i i mean it wasn't too long ago you were getting kipping down but no matter what, it can still cause the issues in your shoulder. Yeah, after that day that we did that, like, I mean, that wrecked my left shoulder for weeks. Like, literally for weeks. And honestly, I mean, I know I know why. It's because of imbalances. It's, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, knowing is half the battle. It is. How did you find out about Pick It Up? You. <laughs> you were moving back to Kansas when we were getting ready to open. Yeah. I think at your going away dinner, I was like, we just signed a lease or something. You like did, that. actually. You were right? like, hey, yeah. just so you know, we're going out on our own. And if you want to send me anybody, like, you know. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, it was literally that same time. Like, That's what I thought. Memorial weekend of 13 yeah. is when we moved. Yeah. And you yeah. guys, yeah, we're just starting. Because you had, what, left Fitness 19 and went to 24. Back to 24, yep. And we're, was there, like, another year? Were you still teaching in MPTI then or just subbing or helping? Yeah, there a little bit of an overlap and then they actually got rid of my position at the school and then that's when I went and was like, okay, I'm going to finish my degree because you couldn't be in the classroom without your bachelor's in a related field. I did that and I was the nighttime teacher, which I hated. And then... Me too. Yeah, it's... It's ridiculous, especially... Like, we didn't have Lucy at the time and obviously not Lincoln then, but... Coming here to being the morning guy here and then going and teaching at like 6 p.m. I'm like, I already got out of teaching what I thought I would or what I was hoping to, which was a wife. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so it was only, yeah. And then two coaches had to leave at the time. That were my nighttime people. And I was like, hey, this is my last night. And that it was kind of crazy. Um, yeah, I have to go coach the night classes next week. How long have you been at Pick It Up now? Uh, well... A little over a year. I mean, officially in October of last year. I mean, I started like mid-August, but I sure. wasn't really coaching till yeah. October. Um, yeah. So. Um. Well, I mean, you're currently the longest tenured coach we have. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a? So we asked you favorite exercise. Do you have a favorite workout? Putting it all together, blending it all together, a go-to or anything like that. Um, I really like. I really like descending ladders or I really like EMOM work. Um, I like the EMOM work because if you program it right, it can, I mean, it can give you about anything that you want, whether it's high intensity cardio, whether it's, you know, a good strength session. Um, it just all kind of depends. But as far as a go-to workout, the 5, 10, 15 is always a good one for me. I don't do 20 full minutes. <laughs> I like to do like 10 rounds of 5, 10, 15. So, and I would do, I don't do pull-ups, so I would do TRX rows or ring rows. Okay, so rows, but five rows, five 10 rows, push-ups. 10 push-ups, 15 air squats. 
I mean, there's a reason it's a staple, you know, like, oh, you're short on, you know, short on time. You could do it in 10 minutes, you know, whatever the case is. Yeah. Um, Tabata works also really good because you can, I mean, you can do about anything in four minutes and smoke yourself and it's crazy. you can yeah. now like we've been doing a lot of putting two different movements together and doing like alternate Tabatas where you're, you know, doing push-ups one, one set and, you know, pull-ups or heavy rows the next set and you're going back and forth between opposite muscle groups. Um, but yeah, I'm more of a let's get it done in 30 minutes type of guy as opposed to let's do 30 minutes of work over three hours. Sure. You know. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you on that. And then um, – or even, you know, that hour. But we have to do the hour because we love everybody talking to everybody so much. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just like carries before where you said it's where we agreed it's underutilized. I do feel the same about imams, like imams, like because we've talked a lot on the podcast about really managing those variables and like rest period being one of them. It's like I gotta go again. Yeah, it's the next minute. Like this is what it actually should feel like a little more often than you might think. Yeah, yeah. and 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 that was just like in the strength today. You know, there was a there's there's always a reason why we have you guys doing what we have you do. Um, but like today, I mean, it was an eight-minute EMOM instead of the normal 10 or 12. But the reason was they added, you know, they wanted you to do five reps at that moderate weight because they wanted you to have just that right amount of time to feel recovered, but you're not fully recovered. But you feel like you are, so you're going to get right back to that bar when that next minute starts and be ready to go. As opposed to if it was a full, like, 50 seconds or 40 seconds, yeah, the next minute starts, but we're still breathing, catching our breath. We'll start about 10 seconds in. Mm-hmm. We're not really – that's you know not the stimulus. And you'll hear us as coaches talk about the stimulus quite a bit. That's always what our goal is for the day. You know, What are we trying to get out of? Is it the strength? Is it the workout? But what are we trying to get out of? You know, Why are we here essentially? So. And we should all – yeah, I mean – and you guys do a great job as coaches. You should do this way. You should do this way. You know, that's the individual attention part because it all does come back to the stimulus. What is your advice to someone wanting to start working out? Start. Yeah. I mean, honestly. But I mean, it's intimidating. It is. Um, honestly, my advice, find a good personal trainer. Sure. Because most of the time the intimidating factor is because it's the fear of the unknown. And the best way to get your confidence built up is by doing it. And the best way, in my opinion, is to do some one-on-one personal training to where you can feel safe and confident with that building that one relationship and building that trust of that one person before you're thrown into, oh my gosh, I'm in a class full of, you know, CrossFit Games competitors, even though... Sure, that's none of us. Yeah. Yeah, that's none of us. We're all just normal folks, but... To that newest person who's never done it before, has never been to class, we might look like we belong on TV, you know? And so, I mean, honestly, for me, you know, just do it, the Nike slogan. But, but yeah, if, if I was really, you know, to give that advice, find yourself a good certified personal trainer. <clears throat> I know a couple. <laughs> um, but make that commitment, you know? And the bottom line is it all comes back down to consistency but you got to get over that fear, that initial fear or whatever it is that's preventing you from even stepping foot in the door. Yeah, that, that's the first step is stepping in the door, which I, I mean, I had myself many, many years ago. I, working out wasn't a part of life until I was in my college. 
Um, yeah. Mine neither, actually. Uh, like, I, but I hear that a lot when we're talking to people. I mean, we have members, potentially 10 people or so, that might be listening to this that when they finally came over to meet with one of us, how'd you hear about us? Well, I've been doing dry cleaning next door for five, six years, whatever the case may be. And, you know, they look in occasionally, but they've never taken that first step. So that first step is huge. Um, so let's wrap it up. I think thank you for sharing your story with us. Um, thank you for I, having me. Yeah, of course. I'm glad we finally figured out our schedule so that we can do it. All it took was getting you some wings. <laughs> All right. Is there anything you're reading right now? Um, precision nutrition textbooks. Trying to get step up my nutrition knowledge. How's that going so far? Good. Yeah. I um, I mean, being a what I will say a veteran of the field. Um, been doing this a long time. Nutrition hasn't changed a whole lot. I mean, sure. there's still like yeah, granted, there's still the fad diets out there. They're always going to be. There's always going to be some version of a low carb, no carb, high protein, low fat, whatever it is. There's going to be those out there. Um, right now, I, I love the course with Precision Nutrition because it's it's all behavioral based. So it it breaks down the behaviors of why are you actually using food for whatever. Sure. Um, as far as reading for fun, don't do it. I don't do it. And that's okay. Yep. Not everybody does. It takes a lot for me to do it too. Like I go through weird windows. And it's weird because our relationship is Michelle likes to read, so like she'll read to me. I remember you saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Like the last um, book or the first book of the book club. We aren't reading this one right now, but the, I can't think of what it was. Oh, where the crawdads. Where the crawdads sing or yeah, cry yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I don't know, but <laughs> she literally read that whole book to me on road trips during quarantine. So that's nuts. And you retain it well. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Crazy thing is, is then when she's reading the same, like reading in her same reading voice to the little kids, now I'm starting to think like, okay, now wait a minute. Like this is Junie B. Jones's voice. This isn't <laughs> supposed to be, you know, but. That's so funny. Has she read many books to you? All of the Hunger Games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, man. There's no, my mind would wander so much. Tyler and I talked about audiobooks and whatnot too. And he's like, no, I just rewind it. Like, I listen to the same chapter three times sometimes because I know I'm not listening too well. Yeah. Is there anything that you're most excited about right now in life? Life? Life. Getting, getting rid of masks at some point. No, never going to happen. That's their, those are their say. We're talking about two and three masks at a time. I know, right? I, I, am, I am excited. I am pumped about Pick It Up Fitness. I'm excited about where we are as a gym, where we're heading. Um, don't tell them too much. I know. I, I love the fact that, you know, it's just like the bar cheers where everybody knows your name and you're welcome and it's friendly, it's nice, it's awesome facility. We are glad you are a part of it. If you had, final question, so you probably know what's coming. If you were trapped in a foxhole and there was only one person in there with you that could help get you out to, you know, get out of this sticky situation... Who is that one person in your life that you would trust to do so? I had to change it to in your life because Stolp gave me Matt Fraser. He retired though, Matt Fraser, so Stolp has to give me a new answer. I just realized. <laughs> oh, see, I, you said in my life. I, okay, because that, that was changed too. Um, <laughs> I got a lot of crazy friends from my childhood that 
not you know not that we're the greatest of friends now, but I mean, if I was stuck in a foxhole, I definitely had I know some people that that I could call on to, you know, at, at least lay down the cover fire to get me out of there. Who's the first one you think of? Trace Hauser. Trace Hauser. How long have you known him? My whole life. He's been in and out of the system his whole life. <laughs> probably from the time he was born till he probably be, he could be in the system right now. I don't know, but he's just one of those rough and tumble redneck kind of guys that you know. When, Trace. When you need, yeah. His, his nickname is Trace because his actual name was Harold Hawking Hauser. So naturally, most people will get Trace from all of that. Triple H, so. Ah, I like it. So it was three H's, so they just called him Trace. Um, but one of just a Western Kansas crazy redneck that, you know, you would want in a sticky situation. Okay. Well, hopefully Trace feels the same about you. <laughs> but we. I could... don't know that I would be the type of person. I'm not. And my personality is not the type of person that like somebody would be like Danganong <laughs> is who I would want to shoot. You know, get me out of that foxhole. Well, thank you, our Western Kansas redneck, for taking <laughs> an hour out of your day to chat with us. Thanks for having me. Who do you got right now? Once again, thank you for listening to the Pick It Up podcast. Please remember that we do these shows for you. So if there is ever anything that you would like us to cover, don't be shy. Just let us know. We will talk to you next week.